All right. So we're going to adapt Star Wars, but we're going to do it in a particular Japanese style. I have no problem with this, but I still think we need to cast like three American actors to be in this movie just to make it. I don't really know why we did that, but it was just a thing we were doing at the time. We were making all sorts of 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 kaiju movies. We're talking about message from space. everyone and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and today we are continuing with our clone wars our star wars uh not spin-offs not rip-offs but just heavily inspired buys as we talk about 1978's message from space a japanese space opera film uh, by toei entertainment but i cannot do it alone i need a friend i need a partner i need a buddy miles how are you i am frankly shocked and excited um this this week's entry kind of came out of nowhere it's one that we had decided to do but neither of us we went on into this one blind like absolutely blind i mean i certainly had expectations of it based on the reputation that it had i had none i mean because you because uh you know now that we are in the 60s and 70s in the kaiju versus history podcast that patrick and i do i've been watching a lot of japanese films of the era which is great for me but this is one that we we weren't going to do because there's there's no kaiju in it. And uh, I also spoke last week. I'm pretty sure I said uh, in 1978 after Star Wars, they kind of taken the world by storm. And that movie came out in 77. I don't know why I said 78, but it's been bugging me ever since it came out of my mouth. Um, it's OK. Just because Everybody I'm waiting for some Star Wars fan to like really uh, well, be one myself. Well, actually. But last week, I did ask you what you were looking for in a Star Wars ripoff, a clone, uh, heavily inspired, however we want to put it. What I mean, uh, something that it was certainly inspired by the massive cultural success of Star Wars. And the first thing you said was that you wanted it to be fun, and which I am in total agreement. And I would say... And this is what I think separates this film from last week's is this film's an absolute blast it's and it so delights fun. in what it's doing. It is so fun. And this is the thing, like when you read reviews of this movie, you 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 hear things like, oh, it's it's like the script doesn't make any sense. And oh, it's, it's small children, I guess, will be entertained by it, but nobody else will. That I I don't know what movie those reviewers are watching. And granted, these are people that watched it in 1978 in the shadow of Star Wars. So maybe that's that. Maybe I can that's see that. I, we also watched the uh, subtitled version, which um, well, saying it was subtitled is being courteous to whatever we watched um, <laughs> uh, on archive.org because our options were that or the Dell on YouTube. And we uh, we wanted to see the the. the original language and i'm not quite sure we got that um with that copy but 
judging by what I've read from different synopses, we watched, you know, we, we got the exact same story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, un- I mean, I, like I said, I can understand, you know, after Star Wars, any other space opera is not going to hold a candle to it because everyone's going to draw a, a, the same, the same line from A sure. to B. Sure. However, I would say that Toei understood the assignment. They didn't just copy and paste Star Wars. They made their own space opera with a very distinct flavor. Yes, there are absolutely some shared DNA, some borrowed ideas, but this movie is its own wild ride. And for folks who are not familiar with the company Toei, which we need to 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 talk about a little bit. Toei is known for a number of things, but two of the biggest things it's known for, I guess three of the biggest things it's known for are, yes, they're the anime, uh, the anime uh, uh, company behind Dragon Ball Z and, and all the other associated Dragon Ball comp- uh, projects. But they are also known for being the the production house behind series and franchises like Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. And Super Sentai, we have talked about on the show a lot. These are the shows that would I wonder be- why. <laughs> well, these are the shows that would become the Power Ranger shows, the the, the mm-hmm. Japanese shows that would be kind of re-edited and, and all, all, all sorts of, of those things. So if you look at this movie with that DNA in, in, involved, you can absolutely see some, I, I think we, Miles and I, as as fans of Power Rangers and Sentai, see something in this. And even when you look at the the Godzilla movies and the way that they handle things like miniature miniature ships and fighters and things, I loved this movie. I thought this was so much fun, you, and I got you so know what into I got, it. You know what I got real vibes from in this movie, mostly because of costuming choices and one specific character is I got a real universal century Gundam vibe from a lot of how it looked, which is funny because Gundam would not come out for another year, for another year after this. But, uh, uh Mr. Raw was a hundred percent in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, let's get into a little bit of the plot of this because I'll be, I'll be real. The plot of this movie is like 10%. <laughs> It's 10% it is of this experience. Crazy Go Nuts University. It is all over the place. It is CG and you go dumples. It definitely is. Um, so so we are we open this movie on the planet of Jelusia, who uh, it, which is in the Andromeda Galaxy, which I only say because they say it. But but it, it ain't it don't really matter. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't matter. Uh, because there, they, they treat the Andromeda Galaxy like, is. It, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, like I don't know who that. <laughs> the vastness of space and time do not exist in this uh, in this movie, and that's fine. Uh, Needing so, a helmet to go out in space, uh, apparently. No, nah. we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so we have uh, the 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 people of Jelusia who have been uh, oppressed. Uh, their planet has been conquered by the. Uh, so, so I will also say we watched one particular translation. There is a different translation that that also exists. So if we mix up some of the pronunciations of these things, understand that this is a movie from 1978 that is rare and uh, uh, you can find it. You can find it in a number of spaces. You can watch it on YouTube. We found it on archive.org. Um, but uh, 
so so you might see the Gavanis Empire, but I will likely refer to it as the Galbanus Empire because those are the subtitles that I read for this. Um, the Galbanus Empire. Honestly, it sounds like what they were saying. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's also true. Uh, so so they they have uh, they have oppressed the 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 planet. Uh, and they've turned it from this lush, beautiful world into like a dark, always night planet. Uh, and the 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 people of Jelusia have are, are choose to send out uh, eight Riabe seeds, uh, which are these like magical <laughs> MacGuffins that are going to find the eight like magical brave warriors of Jelusia and bring them to the planet to destroy the Galbanis Empire, and that's really where this whole thing starts. Uh, Miles, before we get any further, we have got to talk about my favorite thing in this movie. Okay. The absolute style of the Galbanis Empire. (laughs) Well, so that was the first thing that struck me is is they didn't do what they did last week, where it's like, we're going to make these dark clad, like, droll empire ripoffs these guys were silver skinned samurai armor like just going for it and i was so into it they've got like like the jalusians are like dressed in robes and they've got like these leaf they're like forest people that they're wearing but the 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 gal the galbanians are just like they're wearing this dark armor and they've got these clearly foam helmets that have horns on them but they've all got silver faces like silver painted faces with them like like battle marks on them yeah no i mean it's this 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 movie oozes style. It honestly, it feels like an adaptation to an anime that doesn't exist yeah. from the era. Yeah, and, and and again, because we're talking about the company that made Common Rider and, Rider Super, and Sentai, Super Sentai, yeah. these these feel one hundred percent like a nineteen seventy eight movie budget version of those characters they're all wearing capes that have this like dope logo of the empire on it which just looks like a scary face it's all so cool it's <laughs> well, so that, cool. like we are introduced to like our here like two of our main heroes shiro and Aaron, and they're just like joyriding like they are they are typically like these like what would what in like a 60s American movie would be like these like hot rod racers and yeah, they're so, in these speed racer like outfits like this. This so, movie just is so kinetic so like a comic I'm, book. I'm, I'm going to co- compare it to something, Miles, that I know you love. Mm. I am going to compare Shiro and Aaron, who are our two or two of our main like. So so we don't know them yet. There's this whole thing of, about the two of them. They are hot rod pilots from earth flying ships around and avoiding cops it's very fun it's kind of a han solo style thing (laughs) they play like surf music every time they do it (laughs) yeah but but these two the way they are dressed the way they are styled they feel very much to me like the two main characters from gotcha man aka battle for the planet and the eagle and joe the condor g-force they have the same uh, haircuts these guys yeah those guys that no one can see because we're on audio i know i don't know why i'm showing (laughs) i'm showing drew my toys but those two because they both have like like this sort of long feathered out hair they're wearing they're wearing like these these uh like (laughs) 
I don't know. How do you describe them? They're not exactly jumpsuits, but they're no, but they're they're like kind of like evil Knievel suits. They're like evil Knievel suits, but they've got like the 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 wide leg uh, pants to them. The, well, the and, and that's why I kind of compared it to. I mean, honestly, uh, Gotcha Man's a great one because like those kids all wore that kind of style clothing in when they were dressed in their civilian outfits. Like that mixed with speed racer like they just they feel like they feel like one they feel like teenagers they feel yes. like genuine like young like teenagers i definitely agree with that they they just they have such a cool style and like they're like because because they're 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 wearing this stuff but it's also also feels just so much like a pilot suit or a uniform that they're wearing mm-hmm. and, and it just and it works even their their bff feels very much like characters like June the Swan from Gotcha Man yeah, so, or so, even Trixie from uh, Speed Racer. So we should back up. So so we have uh, so so we after this initial uh, scene where we do have to say the yeah, Jalusians. I was just so excited to talk about that. <laughs> I know. I know the Jalusians that we talked about, the 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 forest people from before, they send out uh, the 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 Riabe seeds. But they also send out uh, Iroko, a warrior of the of the group, and their princess Emeralita, which I'm going to say because the pronunciation in the Japanese language track is not exactly the same. But that's okay. Um, they they send them out to to find the the eight brave warriors of Jalusia, who the Riabe siege are supposed to find, um, and they do this in a what basically looks like a an old pirate ship with light sails and i love the look of that ship it just it works for me i like it mm-hmm. a lot uh but as they as they're sending out and, and they're from the andromeda galaxy yet they only fly for like five minutes before they're finally in earth's territory you know whatever it doesn't matter it's 1978 in japan uh and we're we meet shiro and Aaron who are are uh uh flying around in their ships. But then there's this like other bigger, slightly bigger ship that is being piloted by these two. Like, <laughs> how would you describe these guys? Miles, like, like uh tour tour, uh, like, like a cruise ship uh, captains. <laughs> is how I would describe. Yeah, their basically that, that, that's a, probably a good way to put it. And, and so they're, they're, they're there and they are, are flying around with this, this, uh, uh, pretty well off character uh maya who uh we who we learn is kind of a spoiled aristocrat from a rich family uh and mm-hmm. and the the her ship their ship they're on gets buzzed by shiro and Aaron, and the 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 stuck up captain's like whoa what were they doing oh my gosh and flash forward a few minutes before we find out that maya went to flight school with those two guys they not only know each other but they're very good friends (laughs) i i I love everything about this movie so into this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's so good and one it's so good because the way this movie is directed is really kinetic, whereas the last one was, you know, oh, we're going to try to to wow you with the spectacle and we're just going to stay on this. The camera moves. And that is largely in part due to Kenji Fugasaku, whose work that I really know uh, from the end of his life and somewhat around this time period. Yeah. So, um, Ken- so Kenji Fugasaku was a, a Japanese director. Um 
he he passed away in 2003. He is known for for a number of movies. He directed oh, Tora yeah. Tora Tora, which is a, a fairly well-known movie. Um, he he directed a, a lot of things, but I think the movie that Miles is is going to get to, and and uh, uh, and actually two of them, um, he is the director of Battle Royale and Battle Royale Two Requiem. Yes, or or one scene. He passed away during the making of the movie. Uh, he is um, credited as directing one scene in that movie, which you know. But uh, it's if okay. you are a fan of Yakuza film or Japanese film of the time. Uh, the series Battles Without Honor and Humanity are a extremely popular series of films from the early 70s and um, and the mid 70s as well. And there have been uh, other takes on them, but he he made like four or five of them. Uh, I have four, one, six, I two, think. three, four, five and, uh, and then new six. battles. Seven eight. Seven, eight. Okay, so he made he made he made quite a few of them, and these are all the, movies he made, by the way, one. before this movie came out. Yes, but they are a very very well respected series, um, and you, I mean, I mean, you can oddly enough get all of them here very easily. Arrow Video has put them out in very nice it, Blu-rays because well, I have one of it, them, and the theme music of battle without honor and humanity was in kill bill quentin tarantino yes because uh, homage tarantino has such a soft spot for japanese cinema and and there are things that i've i've now seen that i'm like i wonder if they saw this movie because there are you know this movie came out right after the first star wars and i'm wondering if george lucas saw this film because there are some turns that happened before Empire Strikes Back that you can't accuse Message of Space from stealing. That's an interesting comment, and I w- I'm interested to dive into this, but I feel like we need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we need concept. to go. Wait, I'm just, I'm so excited about this movie. So, so uh, one thing, but I will also say because as we learn from from Shiro and Aaron, uh, Shiro played by uh, Japanese actor um, Hiroyuki uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Um, who has worked uh, this dude oh my gosh he has been in so much he's in the television show no that's a Japanese television show Succession not the uh, American no, television no, no. show Succession uh, he was but in, if you want to talk about TV he's in Lost <laughs> uh, he was in The Last Samurai he was in Rush Hour 3 he was in Speed Racer he was in uh, 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves. He was in a Re- Avengers Endgame as one of the guys that Hawkeye as Ronin kills. He was most recently uh, Scorpion in the live act in the most recent live action uh, Mortal Kombat movie. He was in Army of the Dead and the prequel Army of Thieves by Zack Snyder. He's gon- going to be in John Wick Chapter Four. Like this dude this has, man has had it worked. Uh- a career he's in um both uh actually he's in three of the original ring films the japanese ring films he plays the male lead character in the first ring and uh, reprises that character in the the prequel spiral and i i I, when i saw him in this i'm like i do know him from something but i've been watching a lot of of you know mid-century kaiju films so I, i i usually assume that that's like you know an early role that someone took but no it's because I've been seeing this guy on screen for 
decades. He was and in, just he, not known it. He was in the Wolverine. Who was he in the Wolverine? Was he? Uh, he he was. Um, I think he's the he's the main uh, he's the main villain, isn't he? He's the he's the crime lord. Shingen uh, Yashida. Yeah, like this dude has worked. Uh, and yeah, he's the, he, uh, he's the he's the main bad guy in the Wolverine. Uh, so so anyway, I bring I bring those characters back up again, because the thing that I want to talk about this and I mentioned this last week when we talked about uh, Battle Beyond the Stars and that Battle Beyond the Stars, when it came to the the model work, borrowed heavily from the concept of what Star Wars did, where mm-hmm. what Star Wars did is they would have the model in one place and they would move the camera around the model in a sweeping motion to make it look like the, the model was moving. What this movie does, and I think does pretty well, as long as you're yeah. at comma, as long as you were expecting that style from this movie, which I was before going into it. Yeah. This, this movie definitely requires you to be on board with what it's doing. This movie has some of the best late 70s model work for what you would come out of a Japanese production house. Meaning, you know, we talked a lot about uh, we, we covered years ago the the Heisei era and, and Showa era Godzilla films and the Heisei era specifically I mentioned because they had a lot of small models that they would fly across the screen as part of battle scenes. This movie does that. In spades and does it really well you see a lot of super fast moving model work in this and and a lot of and a lot of diorama work and a lot of models moving through dioramas and i think honestly which you and i are both fans of yes we're fans of that and i understand that that might not that might not tick everybody's boxes but it ticks boxes for me personally i'm into that and i was way into the model work and 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 diorama work for this movie you it works so also well. have a you have a cool plethora of types of ships the uh jolution <laughs> the ship that the, the the princess and her guard st- uh like escape the planet from is literally a space pirate ship it's a pirate ship with solar sails and i'm into that i, I love it so i'm actually my one of my biggest criticisms is that that ship wasn't in the movie more <laughs> <laughs> so Beyond that, you have the two little fighter ships that 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 Shiro and Aaron use, and you have the sort of slightly larger passenger ship that that Maya has. And all of these are going to come back later. Um, We do need to switch focus a little bit because, again, there are reminder eight Riabe seeds that we have to come across. (laughs) And spoiler warning, we've only gotten to three of them. We uh, can we talk about Ramble Raw? <laughs> we are going to switch focus to to a military base on Milizaria, which for the longest time I thought was a different planet, but no, it's too. also Earth. Um, spoiler warning: it's just some sort of fake country on Earth, Milizaria. And we yeah, and this is the second movie that has insisted on doing uh, on making sure Earth is involved, but I think it's the best. <laughs> yeah. This this movie surprised and delighted me with the with the with how it used Earth. So we have General Garuda, who is this um, like old, 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 uh, you know, 
older general, and he is played by uh, American actor Vic Morrow, uh, who was in a number of things. Um, oh, what are some of his 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 biggest uh, biggest well, roles? Probably don't want to mention the the last role. Well, uh, so uh, so. But I mean, well, he did. He he was well. He was so he came to prominence uh, in the ABC drama series Combat, which I remember watching a lot of reruns as a kid. Um, but he was in the Bad News Bears, and he was in um, I think Death Wish. But I mean, unfortunately, he his his career. Uh, I mean, he had a decent sized career. He was born in nineteen twenty nine, died in nineteen eighty two, but he died during the filming of the Twilight Zone. Uh, in well, we'll just basically a stunt accident. We'll just a, a, leave it a at that. Horrible accident on the set of the the eighties Twilight Zone movie, which is something I don't want to talk about because it's yeah, yeah, it's 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 a depressing. it's a very very uh, touchy issue, and it's it's yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of 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 nuance to it. But um, I loved Vic Morrow in this movie mostly because again, and this is where a lot of it came from for me. I got such Gundam vibes because not only is this this kind of grumpy general looking and reminding me exactly as uh, Mr. Raw, but when he ends up towards in the movie going up in his garb, he's looks like he's part of the the Zeon Empire. (laughs) Yeah. So so uh, General Garuda is robot sounds like Haru. So uh, so here's the one. Well, so General Garuda is 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 basically making a space funeral for his friend, the robot Babo one. Babo one. It's so good. It's which, so good. Which I respect. But because yes. this is such a showy, expensive thing, uh, he ends up getting kicked out of the military forces despite the fact that he is a general in the forces. And he's like, whatever, I don't care. I'm out of here. And he dresses up <laughs> in a fur coat and hat <laughs> to try to sneak away from the military. But he takes along with him his new best friend, the robot Beba 2, which I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Miles. Beba 2 is my le- least favorite part of this movie. <laughs> I don't mind uh, Beba 2, mostly because like, from the very first time Beba 2 talks, I thought it sounded like Haro. Yeah, so so Beba 2 in in again we listened to the Japanese language track so I di- I did not go back and listen to the English language track to see what voice they gave Beba 2. But Beba 2 is this sort of short robot that has a very stereotypical high-pitched voice. Like that kind of voice and I uh I was I was not into it, but also I really respected the General Garuda Deeply like his respect, best friend was a robot. Deeply respected Beba 2, protected him, and was like bros yeah. with Beba 2. <laughs> every, every choice in this movie is just phenomenal, except for, I don't know why we have two weeks in a row, some very questionable uh, happenstances with um, one of the female characters at one point in the movie. Yeah, so this is where we need to to come back, uh, come back home to to uh, Aaron and Shiro and Maya as they are all hanging out in this club where they're playing some dope late seventies, like space music. Uh, and, and they have apparently Aaron or excuse me, uh, Aaron and Shiro have borrowed money from this character named Jack. 
who we are introduced to has borrowed money from this crime lord and the crime lord finds out about it because he's lost a bunch of money gambling etc 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 meanwhile the three of them are now in super trouble and maya who is rich is going to bail them out but only if they can can do this this one thing but as part of this whole situation they are all presented with their riabe seeds and are all confronted with the idea that oh now they are like supposed to be brave warriors of this planet that they've never heard of before and the character jack who is not necessarily the coolest dude ends up uh selling out uh princess emeralda to this wild lady who is on this planet with her son but her son is a lizard man but from pluto yeah but they make sure to confirm that she gave birth to him on pluto as if that makes any difference and it is a whole thing that i'm not even this is this is one of the twists that i can see why (laughs) why certain critics were negative on this movie because it doesn't really no and honestly most of the stuff with jack i I'll, i'll be honest i didn't care for a lot of the stuff with jack um he's supposed to be kind of this han solo like character and his turn is very similar to um lando betraying uh the rebels in empire strikes back which makes me want you know it's funny you called him a han solo style character i see more of han solo in aaron and shiro than i ever do i mean they are but like he's supposed to be the kind of the the ne'er do well like they're they're the young like they are kind of trouble almost all the heroes are kind of troublemakers never very Um, good let's be real (laughs) but i i do think that that you know he's supposed to be the underground element because he's just he's this kind of spineless like right hand man to a criminal and so he never really quite redeems himself. And I, di- I disagree with that. He definitely redeems himself towards the end when he risks his life. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So, but but as, as part of all this thing, um, what we don't know is that the the uh, uh, the 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 bad guys, the Galbanans, uh, Galbanians are watching all of this and they decide to descend upon uh, this whatever they never say what planet they're actually on they straight up destroy lizard boy he is like yeah. melted they they stun emeralda and capture her and they also stun uh the 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 old woman because they just want to want to figure out what's going on with all of this and this is where the movie starts to get interesting and guys we're like by the way, we're about 30 minutes into this hour and 40 minute movie. There's a lot that happens in this movie. Yeah, there's there are, a lot we haven't even mentioned. We haven't even talked about the space fireflies, <laughs> which which, again, I only br- didn't bring those up because they don't really matter for the state. They don't, of the but plot. It, it takes like a huge chunk of the movie for some reason. Yeah, uh, that that's one of those scenes where it's like, OK, so they're trying to do a fun like, oh, we're in space thing, but we don't need to worry about that. Uh, so. Uh, but so so the the Galbanians and their their current emperor, uh, Roxea, the the 22nd, uh, have have captured Emeralita and and they are using this device to scan the memories of this old woman. 
and they learn about the planet Earth. And they're like, oh, snap. I have never seen a more beautiful planet than this. I I love that scene. It's it's genuinely great. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this dude, this, this, this emperor just gets like he's hyper focused on getting earth from here on he, he doesn't care about anything else like no no we're changing, we're going to earth yeah it's like which also is i guess their ship is the planet of um yeah so here's the other thing julicia because uh, so, i, I so, was very confused by that point. so remember in star wars how that's no moon it's a space station correct yeah no this is the planet this is the planet julicia that has gigantic engines on it that they just propel towards earth and um as a show of force destroy the moon (laughs) which is (laughs) choice very choice (laughs) oh man uh so we're gonna we need to jump forward a little bit in time because there's so much in this movie to talk about and we haven't even gotten there because I'm going to be real with you guys. So, so we've got, so, so let me just count our characters. We've got Shiro, Aaron, Maya, Jack, uh, general Garuda and Beba two there. If you're counting gang, there are still two more Ryabe seeds left and we are more than an hour into this movie. The, 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 the Galbanians are, threatening earth and they have given earth three days to respond to their 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 uh threat of of conquering them just to surrender uh and and this is where uh general garuda comes in because the new president who is uh general garuda's old best friend from childhood uh sends him as don quixote to to fight to 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 solve things because you know there's no no one else who could defeat a giant with a spear like it's all fun fun little references to to literature and i like it a lot but uh yeah so so we have aaron maya and and shiro who have created a fun little new mechanic to merge their ships together but allow them to like shoot off it's like a it's 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 so super sentai and i love it i love yes. i love what they're doing um and they are they're about to just go off into the world and we are more than an hour into this movie that lasts an hour and 40 minutes this is what i am telling you right now gang and then all of a sudden as they are going to go off and they're going to attack uh the 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 planet jelusia to defeat the galbanians all of a sudden their riabe seeds go crazy in their ship they just go bonkers and the three ships crash onto an again an unknown planet but who did they, <laughs> but who do they meet there but a little guy named prince hans <laughs> no i'm hans. not talking about the the one who betrays uh anna in frozen i'm talking about prince hans played by none other than sunny chiba himself uh, who is actually the deposed real prince of the Galbani Empire, uh, who's, who was betrayed by uh, Roxea the 22nd and his mother, uh, whose who, his, his, Hans's parents were killed and the, the family deposed. 
and he was sent into exile on that planet. Uh, but they are, they're going to rescue him. And oh, he's got a Riabe seed too. Here we go. That's our number seven uh, as we go into the end game. <laughs> so I will say uh, in terms of entertainment purposes, even though I didn't really care for for Jack, um, I will say the one real criticism outside of, you know, it's just being a, it's a wild movie so that sometimes doesn't have things that make sense or matter. I wanted to see a proper fight with Sonny Chiba because when you got Sonny Chiba and you don't give me some Sonny Chiba action, like some proper Sonny Chiba action, that's on you. So I, I have to I have to disagree with this because you have to you have to understand what movie you're getting into here. This is a crazy. I, 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 underst- I understand that. So so. Again, we're we're getting pretty long into this episode, and I don't want to go over this movie beat by beat because I think it deserves to be seen. I'm going to go and say this. This movie deserves to be seen. It is super interesting. It does have some slow moments. I'm not going to say that it doesn't have some slow moments. It, it's for it's, sure. You know, it, it, it it's it's actually only an hour and five minutes. I don't know why I kept saying an hour and 40 minutes. It's an hour. and No, it's 105 minutes. That's an hour and 20 minutes, whatever. Um. Around 40 minutes, which is like what I said. Gosh, gang, I don't know math. I don't know math. Anyway, as we get into the end game of this movie, the story plot points don't really matter. Well, they do, but I'm not going to cover them in in huge uh, uh, in huge circumstances because I want to talk about some of the things that happen. And notably, one of these things is that Prince Hans himself confronts Roxea the 22nd who is the basically big villain of the movie. And though we don't have lightsabers in this movie, because again, this is a thing I keep thinking is going to happen is that we're going to get a lightsaber. We're going to get a laser sword of some kind. This movie has swords, but this movie has swords that when they hit the armor of the enemies make sparks, which is, which is cool. It like fake. Yeah. Like, but not just sparks, but like, drawn in lightning bolts on the on the 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 film negatives i'm 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 into that i'm so into it and this is and again this fight i think for what this movie is is pretty good it's pretty fun Mm -hmm. we we have seen uh general garuda do a one-on-one duel with a dude and and how that worked out which was an awesome scene by the way i loved that so much but uh, when you have Prince Hans going up against uh, Roxea, Hans stabs Roxea in the forehead with a sword. Which is cool. It's so cool. I'm I'm definitely not saying it's not cool. I just I really wanted to see like Sonny Chiba just go all out. You know what I mean? I just don't think this was the movie they were going to do that with. I I, I get I, it. I, I, understand. I understand that. But also when you have a, a talent like that, you got, you got to use it. So, so, uh, so as we, as we wrap things up with this movie, because there's some, some things we have to talk about towards the end of things. Um, there were some things that surprised me about this because they destroyed the moon. I half expected them to keep the planet Jalusia as the new moon, as the moon. Of Earth. Yeah, me too. 
They did not do that. They chose to destroy Jalusia themselves to prevent the Galbanians from being able to use it. And then our heroes, uh, all of whom survive except for Uroko, the warrior from the, the planet who, who dies after betraying them. Kinda. It was a whole situation. Um, they all decide to get on this other uh, uh, ghost ship and go off into the sunset to start a new uh, to start a new kingdom. And that's where where that the movie ends. And I don't know. I respect that in a weird way. I don't know. Um, oh, I mean, so. Again, what this movie has that. Honestly, a lot of movies that try to do Star Wars kind of fail to get is a sense of fun and whimsy like this this movie isn't just this movie basically thought okay we have permission to tell a big old space story now we don't have to wait for this to become in vogue because it is and so that was what they used as their starting off point it wasn't oh I mean, I'm sure Toei was like oh get us a Star Wars a hundred percent the the actual companies but the the I'm talking about the filmmakers. People people always want to tell wild genre stories, and they don't often get the funding to do it. But when Star Wars came out, especially in that opening window, everyone was clamoring to get another Star Wars. So someone has gets the opportunity to oh hey, and this at the time was the most expensive Japanese film of all time, until. Two years later, when the same director made a post-apocalyptic science fiction film, also <laughs> and t- with and t- Sonny Chiba, <laughs> we're talking five to six million. The the exact amount is unknown, but th- this is roughly half of the budget of Star Wars at the time, um, right? And and this but is- I, I I feel like a movie like this delighted in the fact that okay, we just get to go for it. And there are some things that I thought were odd. Um, there is a musical movement that doesn't just come up again and again. It comes up like every three minutes. It, it is the it is the musical cue for the Riabe seeds specifically. And yes, it sounds very similar to Princess Leia's theme from the first Star Wars movie. A hundred percent. And and honestly, that was kind of where the the Star Wars ripoff stuff comes from, because there's so little of actual Star Wars. Like there's like I said, there are moments and borrowed ideas here and there. But this is this is a pure story in of itself. Definitely. Now, I will also say it's funny that last week's movie message from excuse me, Battle Beyond the Stars was clearly based off of uh seven samurai because yes. with the riabe seeds i 100% get a seven samurai vibe from that basically because they send out eight seeds and they find seven warriors and one warrior who was with them all along interesting <laughs> numerology there <laughs> yeah i mean th- and yes there are there are absolutely shared ideas but i feel like this one like i said earlier this movie understood the assignment it wasn't just let's make another star wars let's use star wars 
as an excuse to make space opera. Let's use it as an excuse to tell what you would typically get in animated format. Yeah. And and like I said, like watching this, I'm like, you know what? It would have been freaking wacky, but it also made me think, man, I wish they'd actually made a live action Gundam movie around this time after the series came out. Like I, I just I, to see what they would have done. I mean, maybe I, I think that would have been. I don't know if they could have pulled it off, but but it is. Important. I don't know. They, they wouldn't have. But if they did something with just the same attitude as this film, I probably would have really enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe, because I, I will say outside of a few slow parts in the middle of this movie, I was 100 percent on board with this movie in a way that, you know, it's funny. We talked about Battle Beyond the Stars last week as as, you know, being surprised by some things in it that it wasn't a great movie, but it was certainly serviceable and it did the job and it launched a thousand careers in, in Hollywood. I feel, I feel similarly about this movie in that while it's not a great movie, it 100% knows what it is and the goal it's trying to accomplish. And that it is, it's, it's super Sentai star Wars in a way that I Mm -hmm. don't know that we have seen since then. And, well, and I also think that there's a lot of forgiveness when a movie knows exactly what it is and exactly what it wants to do. Like, it's not trying to be the Godfather. It's not trying to be battles without honoring humanity. It's wanting to be a fun space adventure that you can enjoy. And it 100 percent is because, yeah, this this movie is all over the place. When we talk about how enthusiastic we are, Drew and I have a very specific set of things that we really love. And they all kind of came together here. Yes. And this this ticked like, a I lot mean, of boxes. I, Let's be yeah, real. <laughs> this this just a lot of boxes like legit. This movie is an absolute blast. So like I, I have a hard time being cautious about it. Like, yes, you have to like a certain type of movie. You have to understand that this is a very cheap movie. But boy, howdy, does this movie have soul? It does in a way that you would not expect. But again, and I'm going to say this, you have to be ready for yes. the type of movie that this is. I can 100% see why in 1978 movie critics that were already burned out on talking about star Wars all the time. were not thrilled talking about this movie. I get it. But what this movie does is it is a pinnacle of late 1970s Japanese Sentai Kaiju style of filmmaking and 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 I uh, telling a unique story that, yes, borrows some from the concept of Star Wars, but I would say it borrows just as much from the Kurosawa origins of Star Wars than it does from Star Wars itself. A hundred percent. I mean, you have the the Dark Empire is, you know, threatening a a. A weaker people and are seemingly weaker people and they blow up the moon like that's that's i mean that's kind of it like there's no real luke skywalker there's no i mean i, mean, aaron, I guess you have the aaron and shiro kind of function as dual skywalkers but they're also just as much han solos as they are skywalkers yeah and like they all they have these cool backstories like the, like i would have loved to see them like someone had given them star wars money to make a film that looked just as good and maybe have a little bit more time with the script because 
you know, they they pump this movie out well, real yeah, fast. You know, it's you say they have cool backstories. I'm going to bring up Aaron one more time. And Aaron, who is one of our our rough and tumble flyboys and their good friend, Maya, who is also a, a rough and tumble fly girl, not the dancers from uh, In Living Color, but she is a pilot of of good renown. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look, I had to make the joke because I'm a millennial. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, those those ripening living color jokes. <laughs> oh, we don't play that. Um, let me show you something. I can go on. Anyway. Uh, you have this moment where where Aaron and 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 Aaron, Shiro and Jack are all kind of simultaneously questioning their their, you know, why the Riabe seeds came to them and what that all means. And they all have these these dreams that that sort of reveal to them the the actual past of of the people of of Jelusia. and they're like oh they all wake up like oh i need to 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 be a part of this oh i need to to rededicate my life to this etc but aaron doesn't have that experience and and he talks about not wanting to go to war and how he was born after the last war that happened amongst earth and the surrounding planets and and the 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 earth sphere for lack of a better term and Maya is is arguing with him about what to do. And he basically calls her out like, yeah, my parents died in the war. Your parents profited. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all we know about any of that. And it's like it it's a moment that works in the movie. Yeah, but, but like it, that one line just gives you everything. Yeah, like it's. It's utterly meaningless. There's no other context for it. But when it happens in the movie, you're like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. Because we know that she's rich and they are not. And we are finding out a little bit more of why. Again, there's more to this movie than than meets the eye. And and I will also say, as we wrap up talking about this movie, would you believe it, Miles, if I told you that message from space spun off into a 27 episode tv series called message from space galactic wars i i would believe it uh, um so, and, so, and oddly enough it is the only version of message from space that you can get very easily right stuff sells the blu-ray for like $33. Yeah, it's it's you can also find it in the same places that we found the movie but um it is uh so as far as i can tell there aren't any story similarities to the movie um i do not have the main uh, like there are two characters that i guess could stand in as a a shiro and aaron although they're both played by japanese actors in the series instead of a japanese actor and american actor um there is an ape man who seems to be kind of the uh, a, a little bit of a like privateer captain uh, the there is are a number of shared models, uh, the the Galbanian Empire and the costumes of the Galbanian Empire are all over what I watched in the first episode, though. I don't think any of the actors are shared outside of maybe some some smaller actors in the role. Uh, the the leader of the Galbanian Empire that I saw in that episode did not was not the same. Uh, no shared characters, no shared story, really, outside of some names. 
uh, and and a lot, uh, but all of the models, like the Galbanian fighters that sort of splay out like spiders and fire fire beams and Aaron and Shiro ships, all of those are are all shared. Even the uh, the 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 ghost ship with the solar sails that the Jalusians use, that's in the show. But the context of all of that is very different. Uh, but weirdly, I kind of want to watch it. Is that weird? No. That I mean, I kind of want to watch it too. But uh, I, I'm going to have to be hunting down a copy of this movie in glorious high definition because this movie is an absolute treat. If you are a fan of uh, especially forgotten sci-fi, because this movie just doesn't get talked about much at all. I feel like like you we found it on a couple of lists of Star Wars ripoffs is why we're talking about it. But this movie really needs to be celebrated it is an absolute treat. And yes, you have to be in a certain mindset to enjoy it or appreciate a certain type of movie. But I feel like a lot of people listen to the show would at least get something out of it. And this 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 movie just kind of came out of nowhere for me. And it's an absolute joy to to watch i mean there there is a specific like i said earlier a specific whimsy to this film uh that that borders on a fairy tale fantasy which star wars also kind of is it's a fantasy a science fantasy but like there is a fairy tale like joy in the the flow of this film that works so well and because it feels like you're just kind of you're kind of floating through a of a bedtime like a space themed bedtime story yeah that's kind of what this is and i just i loved this film to pieces it's one of the my favorite things i've seen this year so far (laughs) yeah it's wild how like again we picked two movies that that i thought oh these are going to be just like we're going to be laughing at these more than no i'm not laughing at these movies i'm like legit interested in these two movies that we've talked about so far which i am very very surprised about um miles i'm gonna drop one more fact bomb on you uh go for that, it that i just i just learned so the writer one of the writers of this movie shotaro mm-hmm. ishinomori uh this person worked for toei for a long time uh he was a, a writer on a number of things including common rider common rider black mm-hmm. go ranger uh makes sense all sorts of things cyborg zero zero nine uh he also did a bunch of of animation for them um this individual uh illustrated a comic adaptation uh, a 12 issue manga adaptation of a video game uh for nintendo power magazine uh the game that he illustrated was legend of zelda a link to the past. That is I, awesome. I'm the greatest game of all time. Uh, I'm I'm so into that, and now I want to track that Wait, down. So the the Legend of Zelda manga they put out uh, several years ago in those nice collected volumes is that the version? No, that was a Skyward Sword manga. Uh, this no no is, no they, they made one for like I have them all right behind me. They made one for a link to the past as well. This one would was 12 chapters that was from January of 92 to December 92 that was published in Nintendo Power. Um, if you have it, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Shotaro Ishinomori, look that up. Um, 
But now, gang, we need to talk about what we're doing next week because we have another yeah. another choice and we are taking this into a different direction once again. Um, oh, oh, Miles, before we move on, because I got to ask you, we talked because so last week's movie came out in 1981, which would have been at least post Empire Strikes Back. No, this last Oh, yeah, yeah, last week. Yeah, last week's. Yeah, this movie came out in 1978, just a year after the original Star Wars. And you were talking about moments that reminded you of things that happened later in the original trilogy that you mm-hmm. saw reflected here. And I was just curious what you were what you were getting to. Well, like I said, I, I the um, the kind of underworld character betraying everyone reminded me of um, Lando betraying the rebels in Empire Strikes Back. And it made me wonder if Lucas saw this movie before he made or before he produced uh, Empire Strikes Back, did the story. I can't remember what the exact exact thing he did was. Uh, excuse because- me, Miles. He had all 12 chapters written before the first movie came out. And uh, Sure, Jan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> well, then let's move on and talk about what we are talking about next week, which uh, this this is a little bit of an interesting take because we had the the sort of early 80s American take. We have the late 70s Japanese take. This is a 1985 animated film, an animated uh, uh, dark sci fi fantasy film called Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. Uh, this movie was originally released in 3D, though we will not be watching it in 3D. Just keep in mind that there will probably be things that point at, directly at the screen that you're supposed to think is in free 3D. Uh, uh, and it is about a, a a character named Orin who grows up on the planet Trinia as a human slave, uh, but comes across a magical weapon that ends up teaming up with a bunch of characters <laughs> similar to star wars and goes on a sci-fi adventure um i i'm interested to see this just because unlike a lot of other things that that we have seen that are live action this is all animated so kind of the sky's the limit on what you think they might be able to do production wise with this yeah i'm i'm really excited to check this one out i have never seen this nor have i i had never heard of it until we were doing research on what to do for this episode so yeah so i'm i am very very excited uh it doesn't seem that uh critics thought uh too too much of it but that hasn't stopped us yet because i absolutely adored message from space and (laughs) the critics did not so yeah yeah, so far i feel like clone wars has gone off pretty well we've we've got some really interesting movies and we've got some pretty cool ones that are coming later this month. So oh, wait, 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 wait. When it comes to Star Wars quote ripoffs that I've ended up enjoying, now there are two of them. <gasps> oh boy. Oh boy. and with that we end the show (laughs) (laughs) if you would like to reach out to us you can find us at themoreyounerd.com with this and all of our other episodes going back more than a decade you can find us at facebook.com slash themoreyounerd and you can tweet to us at themoreyounerd on twitter and of course you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com that's themoreyounerd at gmail.com 
Dot-com. And in the meantime, gang, we'll end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out.